If you were looking for career advice from a career coach and he had led teams that have placed over 6,000 pros in 21 industries, worked at the largest Fortune 500 recruitment firm in the world, was responsible for over $50 million of placements of executives, and was one of the top recruiters recognized nationally while serving in the United States Army, you'd probably say he's qualified. This is the Executive Career Upgrades Podcast. Career competition is fierce. If you're a director, a VP, or an executive, this podcast is for you. This is the Executive Career Upgrades Podcast. And this is your host, Tim Madden. All right. How is everybody doing today? Welcome to the Executive Career Upgrades Podcast. Hey, if you don't know me, my name is Tim Madden. We help those here at Executive Career Upgrades targeting six figures or multiple six figures find jobs they love quickly. Hey, we go live each week inside the Executive Career Network on Facebook. Check us out. We are the fastest growing career network. We are approaching 10,000 people from around the globe who are directors, VPs, and executives. And if you're considering a job search in the future and you're not in this group with all of the free resources we get, something's something's probably not right. Hey, if you're in the ECN watching live right now, say hello also to our friends on LinkedIn and YouTube. And of course, you could be listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google. We upload everywhere on the internet. Do me a favor. If you could leave me, this is the part where I beg for a review every week, right? If I give you anything valuable on this segment, if you leave us a review over on iTunes or Spotify, it helps get the message out to those other professionals in a career search because maybe what you share with them today might be exactly what they need to hear to aid them in their career. Hey, just a great month leading up to Christmas. If you're wondering if offers are still coming in, yes, they are. We've had multiple offers still this week as we approach the end of Q4. But without further ado, if you need help in your career, go on over to execupgrades.com backslash podcast. We have a special treat for you today. Episode 62, making it easier to find tech jobs in an economic downturn with my good friend, Corey Hollingsworth. Corey, introduce yourself. Hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Corey Hollingsworth. I've uh, been in the sports industry for about 15 years. I had stints uh, with LA Kings, the LA Clippers, Panini America, the largest trading card company in the world, and uh, currently work in the esports and gaming space uh, with a focus on Web3 and NFTs. Excellent. Corey, we are glad to have you. Hey, so the first thing we wanted to talk about, right, is the news in the media, even though we love them, right? If things are going bad, they're going to amplify it by a lot. If things are going good, we'll talk about it a little bit. It's kind of like the restaurant review, right? The restaurant review goes like this, okay? For every good experience someone has, I think it's a hundred out of a hundred people who have a good experience. One person will leave a review. Someone has a bad experience. Everyone's going to leave a review, right? So it's kind of one of those things where I think it's very easy to focus on a small snippet of, Hey, these three companies aren't doing well. So let's just make a huge generalization on the whole market. So, you know, go ahead and, and kind of speak to that. What are your thoughts? 
What I was going to say was, you know, there was actually a viral TikTok video uh, a few months ago about which restaurant to go to. And you don't go to the one with a 4.68 review because there's too many five-star reviews and it's not going to actually be that good. You want the ones that are in that 3.5 to 4 because you get valid responses from people who are like, yeah, this was good, but I could, I would have liked this better or this was great. But, you know, uh, and even saying like if the service was too good, the food's not going to be good. So, yeah. you know, it's always trying to find the right um, uh trying to find the, the right balance of that. And, and when it comes to, to, you know, trying to figure out, okay, if, if 100 people have a great experience, but only one leaves a good review, uh, you know, I, I think about when I was apartment searching years ago in Dallas, when I lived in Dallas, and, you know, you'd look at apartments.com or whichever, you know, I don't necessarily shout them out, but like, you know, apartment review sites, and you see all these five-star reviews, you know, most of them are fake. And, you know, you look at the ones that are the three-star, the four-star, it's like, hey, I like this, but there's still X, Y, and Z that's not necessarily great. You want that qualitative data, you know, that actually gives you a little bit of background. So, you know, when there's a, there's a lot of things that are going well right now, even though, you know, if you focus on the stock market, if you focus on your crypto balance, if you focus on all these other different things, you can um, see a lot of bad, but there's still a lot of good going on. And just like you said, there are still people who are hiring. There are still people that are growing. And, uh, you know, the, I, I experienced a lot of that as a sports industry veteran in the midst of COVID when every single sports league was completely shut down. So, you know, nobody was hiring. I think actually, you know, when, when working with Tim, there was a, I was on the finish line with two different companies and uh, this was in March of 2020. And then literally one of them lost 70% of their revenue in one week. And the other one had a full hiring freeze that lasted all the way into 2021. So yeah. sometimes you got to pivot and yeah. Yeah. It's, it's back to the re review part. I want to tackle that first. It's like, you need to have good reviews, but you need to have a mix of the bad reviews, Corey. But when yeah. people see bad reviews, they can see this guy was probably, you, you know, troublesome, right? Based on yeah. you ever leave a review and the review is five paragraphs something something's maybe a little skeptical there right i mean you you love to see though when the restaurant comes back and says yeah so you know you ordered this and asked for for no cheese and then you complain when there was no cheese <laughs> so that's the best part is when you see the like the real truth behind everything yes. um and so you know I, yeah exactly you want to see those reviews that you know again have good meat to them but you got to know the full story yeah the other thing is I want to talk about this for a sec. I know we're going to get into the topic, but with the recession right now, because we were we we were actually talking about this, you know, yesterday, and what we were saying was, and I just have a couple questions for you. Have you went out to eat recently? Was yeah, the plate full? Last weekend, plate was full. Okay. Did Very you full. have you been to the mall recently or a shop? Was yep. there other people went, there? Went shopping last week. People were still there. How many of your friends right now have called you and say, I let go because my company has like 70% of your friends called you and said, oh my God, just, I got let go and I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, when you only have one friend, it's kind of hard to get 70% of them, but I mean, uh, yeah, no, I have not had that. So be very careful professionals who are watching this about the news in the media, because I tell you what, so many companies inside technology, and I think we're transitioning to, to that now in a moment, actually, are having record-breaking years, record-breaking years. 
inside tech. Now, with that being said, there's a lot of companies that have record breaking years, but they're still not profitable. That is not a recession problem. That is a financial responsibility, budgeting, operational issue, right? Because it is still possible to have a record-breaking annual revenue and your P&L still be negative. And there could be multiple reasons it could be negative. It could be you knew you were going to go in debt because you're pushing some new initiative, right? So, you know, one thing I wanted to talk about, everyone's talking about this, Corey, of, you know, downturn, recession, especially in tech. It's been affecting tech. It's obviously affected esports, which yours, which you said just as a whole. What's it down 7% you said? I think that the, you know, the, the esports industry overall is is trendy. You know, beginning of 2020 when COVID hit and all of a sudden everything exploded. It started to get, you know, real skyrockety and, and hyperbolic, but um I like that I used, you know, a real word and a fake word there at the same time. But, um, you know, it, it kind of tapered off as there's a lot of different things going on that include cost of goods rising, cost of, you know, just typical, typical operations costs rising. But, you know, the industry itself is is still growing. It's just growing in different ways than it looked like it was going to grow two years ago when I talk about esports uh, now on that side of things. Yeah. How possibly can this stay the same, right? Because one thing I think about is we all rely on technology so much. Look at what we're doing right here. We have, we're streaming to multiple places on the internet, which require, you know, where there's a lot of viewers and attention, et cetera. We are using a streaming platform to do that. We are using seven technologies right now. And we rely on these so heavily. I got an Amazon Alexa in each part of my house. I'm just thinking about all the tech I got. I got, we, we got iPhone, we, we got everything, right? Mm -hmm. Reliance on tech is only going to significantly increase year over year with project management tools and all of these things, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my question to you is how can this possibly stay the same? when we're headed, you know, when we all utilize all of this so much, I wanted to see what your thoughts are on this. Well, I mean, I think that you've already seen where a lot of companies are ambitioning to make the things that we do already easier. So, you know, you have a lot of different technologies that are coming. You're talking about seven different technologies. At some point, there's probably going to only be three that accomplish the same thing that seven do. Um, back when I was in college, uh, I was actually writing about social media before we even called it social media. And when it came to that, it was like, hey, this is not going to necessarily replace traditional media. Like everybody at the, at the time in you know, the early 2000s saying, oh, this is going to replace traditional media. It doesn't. I mean, TV still exists. Radio still exists in different ways than they did 20 years ago. But the funny thing is, right now we're talking about all the different technologies. Amazon, uh, you know, Alexa or, uh, you know, your Google Homes, whatever they are, they augment what you already do. Yeah, they might replace a couple things here and there, but they don't necessarily fully change your behavior. Um, so as far as will it stay the same? Probably not. You know, um, it'll evolve. And we've seen that over and over again, especially in the esports industry. Uh, my company works with a really, really big um, organization that has been around for almost 20 years. It'll be 20 years next year. And they have harkened back to, he's like, hey, look at what we did. Look at what, what our setup was in 2004. Look at these giant CRT um, 
you know, computer screens and look at all the all that we did here. And now take a look at what, what we do. Uh, you know, our our lap our computers are 35 inch, you know, curved, beautiful LED screens. And um, we have all this different technology now that has changed the way that we do what we already do. So will it you know stay the same it won't it'll evolve and there will be different things that come out that start to change for the better the way that we do what we do yeah and just when we talk about just innovation before we get into the next topic i remember when we worked together in the midst of covid and companies just have to get creative like if they can't figure out right they may have to switch and pivot and i know one of the biggest things esports companies yeah, well, specifically NFL, you, you know, those teams were doing is they were partnering with companies mm -hmm. like yours. And here's the thing. You get the Dallas quarterback to stream on Facebook or Twitch playing Madden or playing a game. They're getting tens of thousands of viewers. And you mm -hmm. can't tell me that Tide and Clorox and all of these mainstream brands are going to spend a lot of money, you know, on those advertisers. So it's one of those things where, you know, you just got to figure it out sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, in, in the in the downturn or, you know, in the shutdown, we actually saw so many athletes um, turning to esports and gaming. And, you know, esports is kind of this general uh, idea. There's two different kind of worlds under this banner of video games, I guess. And just to give for a quick clarification, esports is that competitive organization uh, of people playing against each other. So that's where you have, you know, big organizations like FaZe Clan and Astralis and these large teams that almost operate like sports teams do, where they have a full staff of people who are executives, social media people, marketing people, sponsorships people, all that. Gaming is just this other kind of juggernaut where esports might be about a $1.9 billion industry right now, and that even kind of varies. Gaming is about $180 billion, depending on who you ask. Uh, and we've even seen people like, you know, Netflix is building a whole new game, video game division. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, other, other companies are building gaming divisions. So, you know, it's this big kind of banner and big area. But I, I say all that just because during uh, COVID, when everybody was shut down, players couldn't go and do what they do. Uh, we saw uh, the NBA pivot and they put on a special tournament that included people like Devin Booker, Paul George, Kevin Durant, you know, big superstars, household names. Who were playing NBA 2K against other superstars. And, you know, it got broadcast on ESPN. It was a big thing on Twitch as well. A couple of the players actually were already building up their Twitch personas. Devin Booker in the offseason, Devin Booker's a superstar for the uh, Phoenix Suns. And he actually, during his offseason, has an entire setup that, uh, you know, he, he streams regularly. Paul George is the same way. And you started to see um, where some of these people who've already built a personality and built all this thrived but then yeah. you have somebody like kevin durant and a couple of others who you know they play they don't necessarily stream and so you saw okay well now i'm just playing video games but you still had a lot of viewership the mlb did the same thing they did the tournament actually uh the seattle mariners was one of the did one of the most successful ones that i saw where they had i think it was eight players and then eight fans who got to compete in an mlb the show competition and the coolest thing about that was it was about engagement and it was about, I think that they got uh, T-Mobile or, or another Seattle kind of based company to come in and sponsor it. And, you know, you saw a number of other brands, just like you were mentioning, Tim. Uh, Chipotle had already been big into gaming, but then they started really diving into that. I think Toyota did a couple of things. You know, there were a few other big um, 
companies that aren't endemic to gaming who jumped in during the pandemic to do a couple of different things because they saw engagement. They saw these known commodities of athletes jumping into gaming and they saw the opportunity there to get exposure and get um, brand engagement, which was really exciting to see. Yeah. What about, so, Hey, some people, you know, a decent amount of people got laid off recently at some large companies, which put a lot of people kind of freaking out a little bit. Right. So how, right. You, you know, I know we put tech here, but I'm going to keep repeating this on every ECU podcast, right? Getting the job and money you deserve is the same process. Esports, tech, gaming, you know, uh, top consulting com companies, right? So if you're looking to find a job during this economic downturn, let me be the first to tell you, there are companies that are doing well. Even during COVID, what companies weren't doing well? Hospitality, right? What companies were doing well? Supply and logistics, <laughs> right? So it's kind of one of those things, but even inside the same industry, you'll see that some companies are failing while other companies are thriving. So how do we really identify, right, those companies? One of my favorite ways is you can go to the Inc. 5000 list right now, which is the 5,000 fastest growing companies in America. And you can search by technology. You can search by whatever you want to. And a big list is going to come saying these, all of these, these are all of the companies. This was their revenue growth. This is how much they grew, et cetera. So Corey, kind of walk people through, what would your advice be of, hey, I'm in tech. I just got laid off, right? Besides what am I going to do next, right? Because I know that you were in a similar situation a couple of years ago. What advice would you have for these individuals? So some of the biggest things, you know, just like you were mentioning, not, you know, there have been so many tech layoffs, right? And, and people kind of look at that as like, oh my gosh, it's doom and gloom. But then you see it's a in, it's an endemic thing. It's it's happening across the board. So you know that there are going to be companies that are going to at some point be replacing those people. But also take a look and say, okay, which companies haven't done any layoffs? Which companies are hiring right now, even if it's not my skill set? You know, if I am an engineer, um, I'm not necessarily going to be going after a public relations role. But you can see that some that this company is hiring people in PR and sales and all these other things. Then you can at least go and potentially be like, hey, I see that there's a lot of growth in your company. I wanted to see if there's any kind of opportunity for, you know, any other engineer growth potentially. You can take a look and see what what the the bigger picture looks like for um, for these companies. But also, you know, it, it allows you to. A lot of times, if you've been in the same company for a long time, you get tunnel vision. You see everything through the lens of your environment. Company. Yeah, you are exactly. your environment. Yeah, you are, and and you know because of that, a lot of times you can't think outside of that yep. vision, and. You know, for me, when I when I left my previous company, it was like, wow, okay. It was like everything has like the, the vision all of a sudden got wider. And it was like, okay, what? You know, and again, this was like eight weeks before uh, COVID hit. So everything changed, but that's a whole different discussion. But, you know, it, it allowed me to take a look and say, okay, what is out there? Would I have looked at this company six months ago? Probably not. Uh, you know, wh what are ways that I can add value to this company with my skill set and what I... Um, have to offer, you know, what does a brand professional who specializes in brand strategy and product development, what does that mean for this company that builds trains? 
um, you know, and that's just a pure hypothetical, but, you know, understanding the value that you have and what you can bring, whether that's in your industry or outside of it. And so a lot of that is personal development. A lot of that is just kind of, I, I joke with people that I, I did, I spent most of 2020 doing my own personal business development where, you know, understanding who these companies are, what they do, why they exist and, you know, what value could be added to them. Because yeah. you were not head of partnerships at your past company and it was not an esports company. So you did something totally different, right? Yep. It was and what pivot. you had to do was just like you said, get in front of those people and show how you can add value. Because you can't tell me right now if you're in tech, and I don't care what job you have in tech, if you sell SaaS products, if you're a product manager, project, whatever you do, okay, another company inside tech that is doing well probably has a spot for you. But they are not yep. going to call you. They are not going to come no. and knock on your door. They are not going to make all your dreams come true, right? You have to show the initiative of getting a hold of those people and say, hey, this is my background. I saw how much growth you did. Here's the value I can add to your team. And I thought it makes sense to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, you know, it's, yeah, you can't just sit there and, you know, throw your hands up and, and wondering why you're not working at Facebook, Google, or Meta, Google, Amazon, or whoever, when, you don't have any lines with them or when, you know, you don't have a public presence or, you know, it's like if I've, if I've been kind of in, you know, in the working in the mines and I'm not wondering, oh gosh, why hasn't this other mind contacted me? It's like, well, I've been in the mine. <laughs> so, you know, understanding um, how to present yourself in that side of things too is, is super important. Yeah. Yeah. And the biggest thing I want to leave and then we'll, we'll wrap up with some, some final comments, write this down, everybody. You get what you believe, you get what you believe, you get what you believe, and you get what you focus on. And if you're going to sit every day because you got let go at Facebook, Meta, Amazon, wherever, if you're going to focus every day saying, I'm devastated, oh my God, and I'm looking at the news and all these tech layoffs, that is not going to be a good ne next, you know, 2023 for you, right? So what is the reality? How many tech companies are actually affected? How many companies are doing well? How many companies had record-breaking years? How many companies are up 400%? How can you identify those companies? How can you get in front of people that can hire you? Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, That is going exactly. to be very important as we yeah. transition. And, and the funny thing is, like you mentioned, I was not head of partnerships at my previous company. I was a brand manager. I handled, you know, a bunch of releases, about 20 releases a year, 20 products a year that had to be released. Um, managing strategic, strategic partnerships with people in those licenses. So, you know, people at the NFL, people at the NBA and players associations and things like that. Managing relationships while it wasn't necessarily the vital core function of what I was doing. But understanding it's like, well, that all the, re the, the elements of the recipe, the ingredients of the recipe are there. And it's like, well, hey, actually, I really love the idea of building partnerships. Uh, even though I've been doing something completely different and, but understanding it's like, you know, you, if you have flour, water, salt, and yeast, you can make a lot of different things with that. You might've been making tortillas before, but now you can make sourdough bread. You can actually do something that's going to be completely different. Um, I say that just because I went from doing something that was very siloed and kind of niche to something where it's like, Hey, this is head of partnerships and brand engagement. So I'm working on partnerships where we're trying to be, bring people into our platform, but we're also trying to understand 
the use cases of the technology, how to translate that to these clients and, and, and different things in that side. And so a lot of that is just being able to say, hey, I like this. I want to do this. How can I get there? And, um, you know, rather than taking a look and saying, oh, I don't have five years of uh, direct B2B selling experience, so I can't do this. Um, but understanding. It's funny because I, we have a person who was considering working with this, right? And she said, for the new job that I want, when I'm looking online at some of the job descriptions, you know, considering what I'm going to do next, she's like, I really only have 70% of what they like actually said. And I was kind of like thinking like, I remember when I was a headhunter many years ago, I maybe in 10 years found one person who like had every single thing. And I was like, oh my God, this is like impossible, right? Because let's yeah. take for instance you, when you transition into the role, right? If you looked at the job description, did you have anything? I mean, you you didn't have 100% of what they're looking for. Yeah. I mean, if if they had created it, and, and this was actually one that was, you know, they, they knew that they wanted somebody who was ahead of, uh, to be the head of partnerships. They didn't necessarily have the role straight out, but... You know, if they had actually created one and you, used that as a litmus you wouldn't test, have qualified. I might not have qualified. Yeah, um, you know, I've seen other companies where I'm like, oh, this is going to be like this was during the the downturn actually, where or during 2020, where I was like, oh my gosh, I fit all of these. I have, this is a perfect opportunity for me. Didn't even get anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that was even using honestly, you know, your method where I was like, I, I reach out to people, I try to get the, the job description was already there, but. And so they already had that need and it was like, okay, hey, I think I fit a lot of these boxes. I think I would be a great fit. I would be a huge asset for you. Not a reply. If ever, so. anyone who's listening, the number one, right? The number one complaint we get from people thinking about considering using our services is I keep applying for jobs online and no one calls me back. So please take what Corey just said of he found all of these roles he was perfect for. I know his resume was optimized and had all the fancy keywords, right? Applying online is not the way to become the head of partnerships and brand engagement in an industry that you've never been in, okay? It's not the way to go into your new tech job, okay? Because so many people were laid off, right? Inside tech right now, like 30K or something. That's a lot into the market right now of competition. So if you're going to try to compete right? With your resume, it, it's not going to go well for you, right? So my best advice is always hunt people down on LinkedIn, right? If I know Corey works at whatever company and I see that they're at 200% growth this year, regardless of if they have positions posted, if I know I can add value in any way, because I'm a PMP, a developer, whatever, right? I'm going to get a hold of Corey and say, just what we had mentioned earlier, right? So do not, right? Just think, that you're going to pay a couple hundred bucks for a resume, sit back, right? I know all you listening to this make between six figures and seven figures, right? You're not going to get these high level jobs by clicking apply and hoping someone calls you, right? Show value. And that's what actually I want to make sure that we do this, right? As the, the last comment, right? Is how can you add value? How can you add value? That's what Corey's saying. He's just saying, this is how I'm good at my job. How can I add value to the clients? How can I make my service better? See how we're talking about value. So how is you as a job seeker right now, how can you show value in a short amount of time to someone who might potentially have an opportunity for you? 
Why should they talk to you? What's in your background? Have you had any accomplishments? Have you had any measurable achievements? Why should they talk to you? Right? So be sure as we transition, right? Know what you're targeting. You know, find companies on the Inc. 5000 list per your industry that are doing well. Reach out to the appropriate people. And if I mean appropriate, if I'm at the VP level, I'm hitting the sweet suite. If I'm a director, I'm hitting this, right? You, you know the hierarchy of these systems and these people are very easy to find on LinkedIn and they need talent like you, okay? They need talent like you. Corey, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Any final comments for individuals listening to our podcast? I mean, just exactly what we, what we just said, um, where it's about adding value. It is understanding what value you bring, what you can bring to the table and how that can translate to the company that you're going to work for. Add value, add value, add value. That's like, you know, if the, the sales mantra is always be closing for me, it's like, it's always, always be adding value. ABAV is kind of not really as, as clever, unfortunately, but I think that it's always about adding value because regardless of if you're an engineer, a salesperson, you know, head of communications, whatever it is, um, the goal is adding value. And that's ultimately what I think is the better, you know, kind of lens that you can look at when, you know, in whatever you're doing in your job. Thank you so much, Corey. And remember, you get what you focus on. If you're going to sit there every day saying this is never going to happen for me, it's going to be a rough time for you. Okay. If you're one of one of these people that's going to have a high level of commitment, because those people that are consistently consistent will always achieve their goal. Remember that. Those that are inconsistently consistent rarely do. Until next week, hey, have a very merry Christmas and very happy holidays to the whole, you, you know, Executive Career Upgrades podcast. We wish you, you know, be sure to spend some time with your family. Be sure to relax and re-energize. Um, don't take too much time off. Tim Madden says you can have Sunday, right? But besides that, hey, we got work to do. And um, yeah. if you need help in your career, go over to execupgrades.com backslash podcast. Corey, thanks so much for joining us and see you guys next week.